All right, good evening, ladies. If I can have everyone's attention, we're gonna get started. Um, so let's just bow our heads. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for bringing us together this night. We pray, Lord God, that while Pastor and Sister B and their children and the Kidwells and their children are away, that you would bless them, that you would keep them, and that you would fill their cups. We pray that tonight, Lord Jesus, you would speak into each of our lives. We pray that you would open our ears to hear, open our minds to understand, and open our hearts to receive your word, Jesus. God, help us to be focused on you. And we pray, Lord, over this offering that you would bless it to the furtherance of your kingdom here in Athens. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know I'm uh, just filling in for Sister B, and she's awesome. She's taught me, and um, so hopefully tonight goes well. But I was um, looking over um, some of the things that you guys had been learning in your lessons about women of God and what it takes for us to become women of God, immersing ourselves in the Word and what the Lord expects of us. And as I was looking through this, that's what the word, that's the word that came to me was expectation. The Lord expects things from us. He expects us to seek after wisdom. He expects us to be kind when we don't want to be kind. And he expects us to keep a good spirit and a right spirit when we want to, you know, fly off the handle at somebody at work and, you know, kind of be, yeah, mom, you raised your hand. I was thinking of you and when we want to be crazy. Um, but uh, she's actually, um, she showed me, we're kind of moving into a new part of this series, which is pulling down strongholds. And this is just another way that we can seek to be women of God, because all of us at some point in our lives have had strongholds built in our minds. And tonight we're gonna go over what is a stronghold? Why, why are they dangerous? And how can I combat strongholds, whether they're trying to take place or they've already taken place? How can we tear those down? And as we start to recognize strongholds that are in our life and we pull those down, we become closer to God and we start to become more like the women of God that we seek to be. So our opening scripture is, you can probably guess it, um, whenever we talk about strongholds, it's 2 Corinthians 10. Four through five, and it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And I liked how um, I saw that the NIV actually puts it this way, and I thought it was really good. It says, Oh, well, that's not it. It says, The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So if something is setting itself up against the knowledge of God, we need to look, what is the knowledge of God? What's this? It's your word. It's the truth. And if the truth, or if the word of God is truth, then a stronghold from the enemy must be a lie. 
And so when we look at the word stronghold, I looked up the definition and it was a it is called a fortress. That's what the definition of stronghold is. It is a fortress. Um, it is a fortified place. It's a place of security. It's a castle. In the old days, you know, when they would fight and battle against each other, if people were trying to find security, they would run to a stronghold in order to be secured from attacks. And so strongholds are formed by thought patterns, by imaginations, by our own fleshly logic, emotions, and perceptions in our mind. The enemy lies. All he can do is lie. The Bible tells us that. It says in John that there's no truth in him. He doesn't stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. So a stronghold starts off not as a fortified castle it doesn't just boom happen in your mind and all of a sudden you've got this strong tower in your mind that you can't get rid of it starts as one little lie as i was i listened to a message and the preacher was saying that a stronghold begins as a breach it is an uninvited guest it's a breach in the mind something that was not originally there it doesn't come from your own thoughts, and it surely does not come from God. If you have the Holy Ghost, there should be two reigning voices in your mind. There's your own thoughts, you know, your own mind. Um, you know, when you have thoughts, you're not crazy. That's, that's your own mind, you know, coming up with things and talking. But then there's also the voice of God. Once you get the Holy Ghost, you know, you get those nudges of conviction. Oh, maybe you shouldn't say that. Oh, you know, try to be kind. Those, those thoughts of, of truth, those thoughts of godliness. But the enemy also likes to whisper in our minds. And so he will whisper things that are lies, that are the truth contorted, contorted into a lie, just like he did with Eve. He took what God had said, he took truth, and he twisted it until she believed the lie. A stronghold was formed in her mind. Oh, they sound excited down there. And they're like, yes, it's a lie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so the way that this breach happens in our mind, before it ever becomes a stronghold, the way that the breach, the lie happens in our mind, there's two ways. One is sin. The enemy comes in with a temptation. So, for example, maybe you mess something up really, really bad at work or at home, and you're like, this is not good. How am I going to get out of this? And the enemy whispers, you could just lie. You could just say, well, that wasn't you. That wasn't me. You know, so-and-so really was supposed to, to do this, and they pawned it off on me, so it's not really my fault. And that lie creeps in. Now we have two choices when that, that temptation creeps in. And the first one is to do what the Bible says and to cast it out. And you just say, no, I'm a woman of God. I'm not going to lie. You know, I will take responsibility for my actions and I'm not going to lie and I'll face the consequences. Or you can say, you know, I really don't want to get in trouble. So, okay, I'll lie just this one time. It's not really a big deal. And the first brick of that castle is laid. You commit, you entertain that lie, you entertain that temptation, and the first brick is laid. 
when a castle is built or a brick house is built, someone doesn't just snap their fingers and all of a sudden it's there. It's built brick by brick. So the first brick becomes laid when the lie is bought into. When the enemy convinces you, you know, that sin's not that big of a deal. You know, sure, you're a married woman, but it's not like you're actually having an affair. You're just thinking. You're just having a thought. You're just entertaining a thought. It's not really an affair. It's not really a lie. And that first brick becomes laid. The second way that a breach happens in our minds is a wound happens to us. Someone inflicts an emotional wound on us. So, for example, say, I don't know, Susie Q that sits by you in church every single day. You love her and you think she's just your BFF. And you tell her everything that's going on, um, like we should with our, you know, our brothers and sisters in Christ. We should be able to trust them. And you tell Sister Susie something, and we don't have any Susies, do we? Okay, just making sure. <laughs> just making sure. All right. Oh, no, we do. We do have a Sister Susie. So we'll say Jill. Okay, I don't think we have a Jill. So Sister Jill, you tell her something, and uh, you find out Jill gossiped about you. And that emotional wound is inflicted. And all of a sudden, that's how an offense can happen. You're offended at Sister Jill because you trusted her and she gossiped about you. And so that emotional wound is inflicted. And again, you have two choices. You can do what the Bible says and you can go to Sister Jill and you can say, what you did really hurt me. I know that you gossiped about me and I'm really offended. I don't want this offense in my heart and I want us to make things right. And that is what the Bible tells us to do. When we're offended at somebody, we take it to them. That's the first step. But the enemy wants you to say, well, Sister Jill offended you. She gossiped about you. Isn't that horrible of her? And he wants you to take that and say, yes, that is horrible. How dare she say that about me? And you start ruminating on that offense on that wound and then all of a sudden that brick is laid you see how this is taking place the first brick becomes laid and that breach that little crack that the enemy can kind of get in this uninvited guest takes their first step in the door they've got one foot in and the more that we ruminate on sin and we don't repent of it or the more that we let these roots of offense or emotional wounds grow inside of us, then the enemy's got another foot in the door. You know, the second brick is laid. And, you know, if we, if we look at emotional wounds, you know, we, we, get a, we stay offended at Sister Jill, and then we see Sister Jill talking to Sister Jane, and you're like, I bet, and the enemy says, I bet they're talking about you. You have no idea if they're talking about you or if they're talking about what they're going to make for dinner. But if you buy into it because you're already offended, well, that second brick is laid. And then eventually, the more you buy into that or the more you continue to let those sins cultivate in your mind, the bricks become laid brick by brick by brick until eventually there's a castle. And this uninvited guest has become a permanent resident in your mind. 
and that is where a stronghold is formed. Now, if we get offended or if we tell a lie and you commit a sin, obviously there's repentance. Like, you, you know, God's not saying, oh, all of a sudden, you know, you, you sinned, so you have a, a castle, a fortified structure in your mind, and you can't get out of it. You can always repent. But the danger is that once we repent of a sin or of an offense, an emotional wound, something that someone did to us, once we take that to God, we have to be sure that we're filling ourselves back with truth because if we take things to God and we repent or we take things to God and say, I'm hurt, I'm offended, but we don't let God pour truth back into us, then we come vulnerable to, to a stronghold being built because then the enemy can, if we're not putting this back in, the enemy can say, you know, you lied, so you must be a liar. Or, you know, did you really forgive Sister Jill? Now that was real bad what she did and all of a sudden those things can come back so strongholds begin as lies but if we take them we get them out of our minds then they don't become strongholds but if we let them reside and we let them start being built little by little in our minds then that's where the stronghold takes place that's where the root of that fortified city takes place and so um, strongholds are irrational. They're things that don't make sense. Oftentimes, you know, when we've got a stronghold in our mind, it's, it's something that's reoccurring. It's, it's an uncontrollable thought. And when you think about it rationally, when you take it to prayer or you take it to somebody that you trust and you tell them, I can't get this thought out of my mind. It won't stop. You know, I've, I've entertained something and, and all of a sudden, you know, I, I can't get these thoughts out of my mind. And they're looking at you like, what are you even talking about? You know, it's, it's, it, it makes no sense. Um, I dealt with a stronghold of fear for my entire life childhood up until adulthood until last year and i will tell you often all the time when i would have these like crazy panicking thoughts about myself about life about everything about all these things i would take them you know to my husband i would take them to sister b and i would just be in this panic and i would i would say oh what if this happens what if this happens oh my gosh and they would look at me and be like in the world are you talking what do you mean what if what if your car blows up what are you talking is your car going to blow up is it like is there something wrong with it and I'm like no but but I heard about someone else's uh, someone else's car blowing up okay well that's not going to happen to you unless you you know something terrible happens to your car and it's these irrational thoughts that you can't control because this uninvited guest is now a permanent resident and they're speaking into your thoughts. You now not only have the voice of your own mind and God's voice, but you've got a permanent resident in your mind telling you lies on the daily, constantly. You're not good enough. You're not worthy enough. Something bad's going to happen to you. Something bad's going to happen to your family. So-and-so doesn't love you. You're a liar. You're this. You're that. And it's all of these lies that we buy into that don't make sense and they become these strong fortified cities and the enemy does not want to be 
attacked by the word. He doesn't want to be rooted out by the word, so he protects himself by adding on more lies in your mind and more lies and more lies until he's fortified in your thoughts. And so we have to be able to bring down these strongholds. And so now that we know what they are, how they're built, how they come in, um, we must understand that we pull down, like that scripture says, we pull down the lies, the strongholds. We cast down imaginations that are not true by replacing them with what is true. That is the only way you get rid of strongholds. If a stronghold is a lie, which it is, you only are able to tear it down with the truth of God's word. And um, I'm just going to tell this to you guys. I don't even know if you hear this. Probably some of you that are my age have heard this. I don't know if everyone has. I say this to the point, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell this to these, to these ladies too. There's a whole new concept out there today that says, well, this is my truth. What happened to me is my truth. That truth is subjective. It's not definitive. There's your truth, and then there's my truth. That's a whole new way of thinking that has crept its way into the world. It's a lie, so it's from the enemy. It's crept its way into the world over the last couple of years. And I've even heard people, and not, I'm not me in our church, but in the church at large, say things like that. Say like, well, you know, that might be your truth, but this is my truth. And what they're really saying is, this is how I want to view things, so to me, I want it to be true, so it is true. And there is no your truth, my truth, your truth, your truth, no. Their truth is not subjective. Truth is definitive. And if we don't believe that truth is definitive, then we can't tear down strongholds. We have to believe that there is a lie, which is anything and everything that the enemy says, and then there's truth, and that's anything and everything that the Bible says. And anything that goes against the word of God, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, is not true. It is not true, and we can't buy into those lies. So once we understand that the word of God is truth and that it's definitive, then we can begin to use the word of God against the enemy. So in John 17, 17, it says, Sanctify them by your truth. Who is them? That's us. We need to be sanctified by the truth. We have to renew our minds by the word of God every single day. We have to begin to act on the truth that God reveals. So if there's a thought in your mind, if there's a stronghold in your mind that says, you know, so-and-so said you weren't good enough a long time ago, and really you're not. You're not good enough. Nobody loves you. Remember what you did 16 years ago? Everyone remembers that. <laughs> Everyone remembers that, and they don't love you, and you're really not lovable, and you have to earn people's affection. That is not true. The Bible says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible says that we are created in his image. So 
if I'm loved by God, if I was fearfully and wonderfully made, if he came down, like it says, you know, in John 3.16, for God to love the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe on him, you know, will not perish but have eternal life. If God loves me that much and he created me in his image, then I must be worth loving. Then this voice that's telling me nobody loves you and I have to earn love, then that must be a lie because God's never made me earn his love. You know, God will never make you earn his love. So if there's a voice in your mind saying, well, you know, you have to do A, B, C, and D, and then God will think about loving you again. Because <laughs> you told that lie, you know, God's going to think about loving you again. That's not true. That goes against the word of God. And so when we start to act on that truth, when we combat the lies with the truth, then we can begin to change our minds and we can begin to pull down the bricks of the enemy. When the enemy starts to say, you know, be afraid of this and be afraid of that and, you know, be afraid of me, I'm going to attack you and like all these crazy things that we can get afraid of sometimes. Be afraid that your car is going to blow up, you know, all these crazy, silly things. Uh, be afraid that so-and-so is going to leave you, you know. The Bible says that perfect love casts out all fear. And if I'm perfected in love because I went down in the name of Jesus and I have the Holy Ghost and God loves me and I know that he does, then I don't have to listen to that voice. I don't have to listen to you, devil. So I'm going to tell you, when you tell me I have to fear you, I'm going to tell you that perfect love casts out all fear. God is perfect. His love for me is perfect. And you can leave. Then that's, that's, that's how we combat the enemy. And so we must begin to act on those um, freedoms that God brings to us. John 8, 32, it says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And uh, right before that, it actually says, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If we don't abide, if we don't spend time in the word of God, we simply just don't know it. And if we don't know it, how in the world can we combat? Oh, battery died. Well, that's the only one that's working, so I'm just going to talk really loud. If we, if we do not know the truth and spend time in the truth, if we don't know the word of God, then we frankly can't use it against the enemy. If we don't spend time in the word of God, then we don't have power against the lies that the enemy brings against us. But if we spend time in his word, God says that we're his disciples. What does that mean? That he's your teacher and you're learning from him. And every day that you spend in the word, whether it's a couple verses a day or you're like a powerhouse and you're like 10 chapters you're like I got all of it my mom's like no way and you got and you, I saw you how you were like oh whether you've got a couple chapters a day or you just read a couple verses if you're spending time in the word you are learning directly from God and he's teaching you how to live your life that way when a lie creeps in you can stop it at the door and say no way I know the word, and so 
I know what you're saying is a lie, so get out of here. Or if, if, if it's not just a passing, floating thought, and it's something that's been reoccurring in your mind, and you're saying, you know what, I think I've got a stronghold in my mind, I'm starting to recognize that. Then you can say, you know, I've also been spending time in the Word, and I understand that God has power over the devil, and if he's inside of me, that means I have power, and I can use these scriptures against him. And so once we spend time in the truth and we know the truth, God says that it will make us free, and therefore if the Son makes you free, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. That means completely. If you are free, you are free indeed. If God has set you free by his word, the enemy does not have a hold on you. Even if he's built a stronghold in your mind, that stronghold does not have to be there forever. You have the power to tear it down. It may be in an instant, or it may be one of those situations where you're just pulling it out brick by brick by brick until it crumbles. But either way, you have the power through the word of God to tear it down. So to stay free from strongholds, we have to renew our minds every single day in God's word. So um, we can't, I, I say this pretty often to our young people, you can't pick up your Bible once a week or once a month and be like, oh, I have this deep relationship with God Sister Brooks is like, no. Mm -mm. She's shaking her head. Thank you. From one Sister Brooks to the other. Thank you. So um, you can't pick up your Bible one day a week or one day a month and think that you are going to be able to combat these lies. We have to have truth. We have to have a relationship with God every single day. And in Romans 12 2, it tells us to not be conformed to this world but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind and we renew our minds with truth if you feel like your mind don't be ashamed if you feel like your mind is overtaken by lies you can renew your mind if you feel like your mind is overtaken with depression and anxiety, I have been there. If you feel like your mind is overtaken with depression and anxiety, your mind can be renewed and it can be restored, but that happens through the Word of God. When I was battling anxiety very, very, very badly, like on a daily basis, I remember I went to my mentor and I told him, I said, I, am, I can't get over this. It's every single day I'm battling this anxiety. And they told me, well, the Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. You're dealing with, this, with fear. And so they taught me to go through and to look up every scripture on love. And every day, maybe it was one scripture a day, sometimes I did two scriptures a day, but I would just go through and I would study those scriptures on love until I understood, until my mind was renewed. God loves me. He actually loves me. And if he loves me, I don't have anything to be afraid of because he created me, he created this world, he created the devil and he's gonna take him out. And so I don't have to be afraid of anything. And so we have to transform our minds every single day. 
I know sometimes we get kind of caught up in life and we can, you know, say to ourselves, you know, I've got family, I've got work, I've got this, I've got that. I don't have time to sit down and read the Word. If you've got time for everything else, you've got time for the Word of God. We make time for what is important to us. And if we want to combat the enemy, we've got to make time for the Word of God. Let me make sure I'm checking the time here. Okay. Um, so in Ephesians it says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you may put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. We want to live as women of God. We want to live in a state where we're seeking after righteousness. The Bible tells us, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We want to live in a state where we are seeking, where we're hungering and thirsting after righteousness. That only comes when you're in the Word of God daily. I remember a time when I was like really struggling to read my Bible. I didn't want to, I'll be frank. There was a time when I was just like, Oh Lord, I just... I know I need to, but I don't want to. And so I was on my knees and I'm like, God, please give me a, a, a love for your word that I've never had before. And the Lord spoke to me and said, well, you have to read it first. And I was like, that makes sense. Okay. That makes perfect sense. So, oh, Jesus, help me. Okay. Forgot that was there. Oh, all right. Not going to break the lanterns. Um, and so that's what I had to do until I broke through that oh, I just want to be doing something else. I had to immerse myself in God's word until I realized there is nothing better than God's word. And if you're struggling with lies, if you're struggling with just frankly not even wanting to pick up your Bible, do it anyway because you're going to find I feel refreshed after reading God's word. And eventually you feel like, I don't even feel like the same person that I was. I want to hunger and thirst after righteousness, and I finally feel like I'm doing that. I don't want to live like I was. I don't want to think like I was. The word of God is the only thing that will do that for us. We need the combination of his spirit. Absolutely, we need his spirit. But we have to have the word of God as well. Um, the things that we must meditate on, um, Philippians is very clear. It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Sometimes we can get so caught up in the thoughts that are going through our mind or the thoughts that are going on in the world, the things that are, rather, the things that are going on in the world that even like the craziness that's happening in the world today around us, it can get into our minds. We can start to believe lies. We can start to get strongholds built in our minds of just the things that we entertain and see. If we're watching more TV, strongholds than we are reading the words, strongholds can be built in our mind. But if we're meditating on the Word of God and we're thinking on things that are true, what's true? The Word of God. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Whatsoever things are honest, 
There's no one more honest than God. There's nothing more honest than the word of God. Whatsoever things are just, he is the final judge. He is just. He determines where we go. He decides right from wrong. He decides good from evil. Whatsoever things are pure, there is no evil in the, in the word of God. There is no evil. There's no wrong. Whatsoever things are lovely, God is lovely. Whatsoever things are of a good report, don't listen to gossip. Don't, li don't entertain when your mind, if you've got a fortress of gossip in your mind and you just cave to it every time and you're like, I just want to know people's business. And you've just got this like, if you've got this like strong fortress, a stronghold of gossip in your mind, don't entertain it. Stop entertaining it. Just stop. And say, no, I'm not going to think on those things. I'm not going to meddle where it's not my business. I'm going to think of things that are of a good report. What is something good that happened? Who was healed this week? You know, what can I think of in the word of God that is a good report? Oh, the Lord's coming back for his church. I'm going to think on that. That's a good report, especially nowadays. I want to think on that. What, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Think on these things. Don't fill your mind with garbage, with things that feed into what the enemy's lies are. Every day he's desiring to build strongholds in our mind. It's a desire of the enemy to build a fortress in your mind so that he, he has your ear. He wants your ear 24-7. And he's going to place whatever he can in your path. He's going to let whatever floating thought he can go through your mind. Don't meditate on it. Don't let it come in. Don't let it ruminate. Don't let it stay. If you have the Holy Ghost, you have the power to say, get thee behind me, Satan. I'm not meditating on that thought. You're not building a strong fortress in my mind today. I'm going to think on the things of God. And so ways that we can do that, ways we can meditate on these, is take a verse a day and memorize it. I'm a lot harder on the senior Bible quizzers because I tell them they need to memorize five verses a day. So I don't think Sister is going to tell you guys you have to memorize five verses a day. <laughs> but memorize a verse a day, especially if it's something that you deal with. If it's something that you struggle with, if you struggle with self-esteem, if you struggle with... I don't know, gossip, if you struggle with love, if you struggle with feeling loved, if you struggle with depression, find scriptures. It's okay to Google, if you don't know them, it's really fine to get out your phone and Google scriptures that help with depression. You can Google that. Google it and then list them out and every day memorize one of them. And when those feelings arise, when that thought comes in your mind, you're depressed, just stay in bed today. No one cares about you. Why are you even here? No way. I'm going to meditate on the word of God and keep those scriptures flowing in your mind. Speak the word of God to those lies. When I was dealing with fear, I had to speak truth to those lies every single day. Every day. And it's not always easy, but it's worth it when that tower comes down. When that castle comes down and you're like, Yes, you do not have a hold in my mind anymore. I'm free. I'm free indeed. You can't take a hold of my mind anymore. I was happy that I memorized those scriptures every day. So speak the truth. Let God's word speak into your mind every single day. Go back and listen to, 
to sermons that pastor preaches, that sister B preaches, that the ministers preach. Let the word be placed into you every single day. And so this is how, these are, this is what strongholds are. Sister B is going to get a little bit deeper into these. They're castles. They're strong fortresses that the enemy builds. But we have the power through the word of God to bring them down. Don't let the enemy tell you that you are powerless. You are not powerless. You have the power. Like pastor said, in your pinky, in the tip of your pinky, you've got all the power. You've got the Holy Ghost to bring a fortress down that is in your mind. And so right now I just want to go into a, little, a moment of prayer. And if you guys have any questions, we can go into a time of questions and talk a little bit more about strongholds. I hope it was clear. Um, but let's just go into a time of prayer real quick. And we're going to ask God, because sometimes there are strongholds in our minds that we don't even think are really strongholds. I've come up against that, where I'm like, oh, this is just part of my personality. No, it's not. <laughs> it wasn't. And so we're going to ask God, show me the things that are in my mind, the, the strongholds in my mind that I need to release unto you, that I need to speak truth to. So God, we come before you tonight, Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you would search our hearts, that you search our minds, Jesus. Lord, we give ourselves unto you and we ask, Lord God, if there be any fortress that has been built up in our minds from the enemy, I pray, Jesus, that you would pull it down. I pray, Lord God, that you would break down these strongholds of the enemy. Reveal them to us so that we can speak truth, so that we can speak power, so that we can speak life to these things that want to speak death unto us, Jesus. So these things that want to stay in our minds, Lord, we don't accept the lies of the enemy. We don't accept these strongholds of the enemy, God, and we want to combat them with truth. So God, we ask that you reveal them unto us. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you reveal it unto us and teach us how to combat with truth. In your name, Jesus, we pray, Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for teaching us how to combat lies with the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We thank you, Jesus.